Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports, the second biggest podcast tonight. I think Draymond's might be the... <laughs> Draymond gloating for half an hour is probably going to be the biggest one. I'm here sitting courtside uh, in the TD Garden with Dan Feldman. How's it going, Dan? I'm good. I didn't really think about it. Is Draymond going to podcast tonight? I feel like he might have better things to do. Oh, I don't know, man. Is <laughs> like, podcasting what all the cool kids do the night the NBA Finals ends? And I don't know that. It, I don't notice what the cool kids do, but I know with the traffic he gets, five bucks says he's doing it. I mean, he could do it tomorrow. He could do it, you know, and still get all the traffic. I don't know. He seemed ready to party to me. <laughs> he certainly did that, too, and his family's here, so maybe he puts it off. But it won't be long before Draymond's talking. They're all talking a little bit. They're celebrating. Golden State Warriors close it out on the road. Fourth championship in eight years. Are, are, were you surprised at all that they were able to close this one out, Dan? No, no. I mean, they, they looked like the better team as the series came down the stretch. The Celtics looked tired. Uh, credit to Boston for getting back into the game. And you know, it was always possible that Boston could have won this, but no, it felt right that this was going to be the night. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I the, I had kind of changed my pick and had, had said it on PBT Extra and some stuff that I just, watching the last couple games, I don't I don't think it's so much that the Warriors figured them out. Like, the adjustments were the adjustments. The Celtics were still, and I, I think this is part of the story, is they're still the bigger, more athletic team, but they're... They hadn't been to this stage before. They were able to get by. Look, they beat the, they beat the Heat, they beat the Bucks, but they weren't able to. They would just lose themselves. They would get away from what works. They would lose. We'll call it poise, call it championship medal, call it whatever you want. They kind of lost that focus, and they'd start playing. Not just, turning the ball over was the big stat, but they isolation basketball and go away from moving and doing everything they had done. Well, I know I don't need to tell you this because you've been a proponent of it all along. The Warriors deserve a lot of credit for that. It's yes. not just that the Celtics were sloppy. The Warriors' defense is awesome, and they forced Boston into tough positions, and the Celtics weren't accustomed to competing on this level. Every, the deeper you go in the playoffs, the level of competition generally goes up. The Warriors are the best team. No, you know, the, the, the Bucks were an excellent team, and in some years maybe could have won a championship. The Heat, too. The Heat were very strong. Uh, even the Nets, uh, who they swept in a close sweep with the right breaks, the Nets had the talent to win. But these Warriors were a special team on a different level. They knew how to compete on this level, and that's why they won. Yeah. I think for the Celtics, it, they, they're going to look at this. You know, Emi Adoka said afterwards, like, his message to them was, this is going to hurt. Use that, right? Use that as fuel going forward. I, I don't think there's any question that their players internally will do that. I think if you're in, if you're Brad Stevens, you're also watching this, going, "Man, we need shooting. Yeah. We need a little depth." I mean, just 
the Warriors role players stepped up in a way that the, the, the Celtics didn't. And that, look, I don't mean I think Peyton Pritchard's a bad player, but the Warriors got more because of their system and because of the guys stepping up out of Gary Payton II and Jordan Poole and everyone, and Kevon Looney and on down the line, than, than the Celtics did. That's coaching. This is the best coaching job Steve Kerr has done. Steve Kerr is an excellent coach in a lot of situations. All the championship years, he did, he did a great job. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But the talent on this Warriors team, I think you're maybe overstaying a little bit. I don't think it's that great, except it was great in Steve Kerr's system, and Steve Kerr built the system to take advantage of that talent. They did. And, they, and again, they, I think that they have – well, I was about to say multiple shot creators – Clay really isn't that anymore, right? Like, no. let me rephrase that. Clay might be again next year. We'll, we'll see what. Uh, we'll see where Clay is. He's he wasn't that in this series, and he he had a very rough game six. It was not game six, Clay. It didn't matter. Um, a because Steph is so great, but then Jordan Poole stepped in and did a lot of that, and then they got some through transition. The, the twenty three turnovers, thirteen in the first half. Did them, did them in. And I guess we should talk about what ultimately swung this game, which was the stretch between the first and second quarters where it was a 21-0 Warriors run. And in 35-8, if you stretch that out a little bit, they, they just never got out of that hole. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this was Steph. It all starts with Steph. This team doesn't have that same level of scoring that it used to. Obviously, there's no Kevin Durant. Yeah. Uh, Clay, we just talked about, is not the same level of score he used to be pre-injury. Draymond is not the level of scorer he used to be no. pre-injury. And, like, that doesn't get talked about as much. Like, Draymond wasn't always this guy who refused to even look at the basket uh, when he was wide open at the three-point arc. He could make some threes. He could attack the rim more aggressively. And it's not like he put up big scoring numbers, but it was enough to keep defenses honest. And that's not what it is now. And so when the uh, Celtics could defend five on four because they could ignore Draymond, it was on Steph to step up a lot of those times, and he did. I mean, what a what a tremendous series for his legacy to finally win a Finals MVP uh, and to put his team on the back on his back. He's been capable of this, I think, for a long time. But to be in a position where he had to do it and then deliver is truly special. I would say with Steph that the fourth ring and leading this team matters way more than the the Finals MVP, which is a nice. I know we've been talking a lot about it, and yeah. it's a nice addition, but. Did it matter that much? Not to me so much, but I, you know, look, at he could have won it in 2015, and this whole conversation would have been ignored. I thought he was the most deserving warrior. I thought LeBron should have won it. Uh, Andre Iguodala obviously ended up winning it. But for, for Steph to win it, I, it's not the award. It's, the, it's how he played. If the voters had gotten this wrong, I wouldn't say, oh, well, he doesn't have a finals MVP. But he was so undeniable in – Five games of this series, he had one clunker, and that's part of it, right? We can look at the complexity of his NBA Finals legacy and say, we're a great player, and I'm holding the highest standard. I think Steph Curry is a top 10 all-time player, like in the class with like a Kobe Bryant, a Tim Duncan, somewhere in that range. He hasn't been quite as good in the NBA Finals as his peers on that level. That's including the series, but he's getting closer to it with, with this result, where he really took over in so many of these games, gave them the scoring they needed. As you mentioned, though, he has the one clunker, and I think that that's where the, the difference is. He has the 0-9 game. He has the bad night. They still win. Yeah. They still win that game because Andrew Wiggins has a huge game. Andrew Wiggins deserves a lot of credit for his 
defensive effort all series long uh, on keeping Jason Tatum going to his left. And that was a team effort. Like they swarmed Tatum when he came in and Tatum at stretches made really good decisions and at stretches didn't. And when they got in, Warriors got in trouble, which is let me phrase it. When the Celtics got in trouble, they didn't start moving the ball. They kept trying to power through that and shoot. And they, they attacked strong defenders. They just kept doing things wrong. It felt like, um, but the Warriors also, like you said, forced them into that. It was fatigue, I think, a lot of it with Tatum. Like, some of those drives in the, in the game, and even the last game, I, you know, he kind of went in, and it was isolation because it takes a lot of energy to move the ball around the court to relocate yourself to get the ball back. That's asking a lot deep in the playoff series for this team. Uh, you know, I was shocked that Imiadoka talked so openly about his team feeling fatigued. You can see it with Jason Tatum, I thought, especially. Yeah, and two seven-game, two very physical seven-game series before getting to the finals where the Warriors, again, they played a more athletic team the last round in Memphis. It was five games. They had a week off before the finals started. It wasn't it wasn't as grindingly physical as even this series was for them. And I think that, that served them. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the Warriors found all the right ways to negate Boston's athleticism advantage by being smart, by being physical, by being tough, by having a mental understanding. Like, Draymond Green's, defensive intelligence right now is so through the roof because he's not the same athlete he used to be and so i'm not sure if he's a better defender now maybe he's slightly worse maybe slightly better but he's on a similar level but without the same athleticism that's all intelligence that's how you get through against a team like boston is there such a thing as a traveler not a delta because we know on one flight mike nhc prefers reality tv to reality so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment while on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Yeah, and again, they did. It took them a couple of games to figure it out. I think that, you know, the, the game story I wrote about this. I talked about their poise, but it wasn't just in Game Six where they got down twelve two. It was as you mentioned. We talked about before. In this series, they had to figure out how to beat this team. This was a very good Boston team. Um, they had to figure out over the last two years, and I think that's what's interesting with the Warriors is, and we'll talk about the Celtics about this in a second, is when you talk about, hey, can the Warriors get back here? Yeah, I think they can, not just because there's a few years left of Curry, Draymond, Clay, and, and where, whatever Clay ends up being when he's fully altered. But they have Kaminga coming up. They have Wiseman coming up. They will pay pool this summer. They've got they've, they've, Moody. Moody. They, like, they have 
when you look at this team, and you're like, man, they just kind of lack youth and athleticism, but they don't. They didn't play it in this series because at this stage they couldn't. Those guys exist on that roster to help them get through the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, credit the Warriors' management. I did not like their plan. I thought they should have traded those young players to get immediate help. And I thought when they were down 2-1 in the series, it was exactly why, right? You know, they looked like they were going to end up one piece away. Maybe you wish you had somebody like Robert Covington on the team, and that could have swung a championship or not. All the upside you get long-term with those young players, some of whom I like, some of whom I'm a little more lukewarm on, all the upside you get, it's not worth it to trade them for a championship. If you can win a championship this year, it's worth it. And they did it. They get both. They, they win in every single way. They get the title. They get these young players for the future. I'm sure this annoys every other team around the league, every other fan base around the league. This team brags like crazy. Light years ahead. You know, yeah. They talk about they get the most revenue in the league. It's not just that they have the most revenue in the league. They talk so much about it. Their payroll yes. is through the roof. Like They are not... Uh, shy about sharing how they're winning and then this this plot to to keep these young players and not really use them deep in the playoffs those guys at least in the Warriors judgment weren't ready to help this team win and they didn't trade them for somebody who would help this team win and they win anyway uh it's got to be infuriating for everybody else they played Kuminga in the Memphis series but not when it mattered I don't want to say not when it mattered in games it mattered but before the real pressure started when they had to win Kuminga was gone Yes. Right. Like they, but you give him a taste, right? Mm-hmm. Like you give him a sense of this is what playoff basketball is. This is where you've got to be. I, I thought that they hand, Steve Kerr handled that development really in a. I'm about to say really well, but it's that looks like something he learned from Pop, doesn't it? <laughs> like that was right out of the Popovich. Give him. We're gonna let Kawhi have a taste of this, but you know we're gonna lean on him in a couple of years. They are in a position. The, it's easy to look at this young Boston team and say. Yeah, they'll be back, man. And do you feel like they will? I know Draymond was walking around talking to him afterwards, giving him a hug, saying, you guys will be back here a bunch. It's easy to say that, will they? Well, before we get into boss, I do want to say one thing about these one more thing about these young warriors. When you get when it comes to winning a championship, you need to have at least one super special player. Not just a star, not just a superstar, but somebody who is on that next level. They don't have to be that all the time, but they have to be that when it counts. Steph Curry is that player. And I don't think we've seen a championship in a long time where a team didn't have that player. It's almost impossible to predict that somebody's going to become that level of a player. Like, who would have thought Steph Curry would be that player? Who would have thought Giannis yeah. would be a player? So my point is, as as bullish as we could be on Kuminga, on Moody, if you want to be bullish on Wiseman or Jordan Poole, the odds that they get to that level, that's really low. And so, you know, we talk about the, the long-term window of competing. Sure, right? Good players can help you. You'll be a competitive team, make the playoffs, maybe win a series, maybe even two. But to be a championship team, you that special player. And so for the Warriors, it's really going to be how long is Steph Curry at that level where you feel good about it. All right, the Celtics, I know you want to talk about them. I do too. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Jason Tatum is young. Jalen Brown is young. Uh, wing is the premium position in the NBA. They absolutely could be back. But the comparison we made earlier, the Thunder, the young Thunder with Kevin Durant yes. and Russell Westbrook and James Harden, who would have thought they wouldn't be back to the finals? You can never take that for granted. You can't, and and they're in an East where, you know, Milwaukee won a title. They will get Chris. They'll get Middleton back healthy next year in theory. Um, Giannis is still at his peak, and we could get into Drew Holiday and, and decline and and their role players and where they are in a year. But they're contenders. They will enter next year title contenders. Miami will be right there. Brooklyn has the talent. Should, has the talent. Could should. 
uh, you know, we'll there's a lot of questions there, but the talent is absolutely there to be like, there's no guarantee. Not, I mean, and I don't just mean next year that there's no guarantee that in the next three years that they're going to be back here. And, uh, it, part of it is how they grow out of this. How do they develop? But like, they're saying all the right things now, but like, how do they really play out of this? And then I think they've got to add, like I said, the shooting, but more than that too, they've just got to add some depth to get more It'd be great here to have the versatility in a finals type of setting, but it's also just about the regular season. Um, does Tatum need to take a step forward? Yes, yes. I mean, he can look incredible at times, like that type of superstar I'm talking about where you can't basically can't win the championship without it. And he has some games where he's just not that. Um, so he has the high ceiling. He's got a, he's got a, you know, maybe it's conditioning. Maybe it's just taking a rest. Maybe it's kind of understanding how to pace yourself through the regular season. I'd have to look back. Where do you have him on, on your MVP ballot? I think I might have ended up having him fourth. I, th- I had him fifth because I had Luka fourth. Okay, because like there's the big three, right, uh, uh, of Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. And then I was kind of looking, I'm like, wow, like for me, MVP is all about what did you contribute in the regular season, right? And you can contribute more if you're playing more. Like, wow, I didn't think Jason Tatum was one of the very, very best player, like excellent player, but the very, very best player. I don't know. But he played a lot more games, a lot more minutes than a lot of the other down ballot MVP candidates. And that's why I'm kind of like, well, I guess kind of by default he's fourth. Maybe next year, I hate, I hate this is how it works, but maybe next year he pulls back a little bit the regular season, isn't finishing quite as high in these award races, may not make all NBA first team, but is better prepared for the playoffs. That's without going down a a very deep (laughs) rabbit hole. That's the issue, right? That's the challenge for the NBA with the regular season is to have the revenue keep coming in, but keep the games interesting and and keep your best players on the floor. People are showing up to see Steph Curry play. They're showing up to see Jason Tatum play. And if he's, Playing less, I think I, the best way to do that is your Giannis won MVP, and his minutes were pretty low, mostly because he didn't play four. Right? Like it's kind of ideal when you can get away with. Oh, he plays most games; he just doesn't have to play the four. They've got to find a way to look. He's young now, and his legs. His legs. We can debate how much they wore out during the during the finals, but as he gets older, that will matter more. They're going to have to find some depth, and it's 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 on Brad to do that, and and for them to de- maybe develop guys. I think that that's at the end of the day in the NBA now. Don't you need to? Don't you have to be able to draft some guys and make them at least role players? Well, to me, I mean Tatum and Jalen Brown are the draft success stories. When people like pan the Celtics drafting, I, I don't know why everybody skips those two. Uh, <laughs> I you know I didn't think those were not the guys I would have drafted. And I was wrong. Um, I think the Celtics did a great job of identifying and developing those two. As far as making the regular season matter, in-season tournament, right? That'll fix everything. Oh, yeah, there we go. That, Adam Adam wants that. Adam Silver wants that. I, I, it's going to happen, right? I'm just looking around. We're, we're still at the arena in Boston. I'm just looking to see if anybody from the NBA is listening, and they do not like it when you are very negative about the in-season tournament. No, they don't. And I, I've said before, I just – I don't – they're going to try it at some point. I, I'll continue to say I just don't think it's going to work here it's baked into international soccer culture the you know the the FA Cup for like to use an easy example or something in England but these exist everywhere in every country that's just baked into the culture but they also I mean there's Champions League and whatever that runs concurrent 
to it. But there isn't a playoff system. Hey, we play a regular season, then we determine a champion. It doesn't work that way. So these cups have a different. It's all just. It's all just a different way of looking at things in culture. And I just don't think it. I don't think it's going to fly here. Yeah, and just I don't either. By the way, it, it, we're sitting here beneath the seventeen Celtics banners. <laughs> if they win the midseason tournament, oh. they're not putting up a banner. Oh, are they? Well, so, is, now that's an interesting one. Is the NBA going to pressure them? Because look, there are plenty of teams that would gladly put up. It's the Sacramento Kings put up ah, one for summer man, league. It's in the building. I was thinking Sacramento too. That is, uh, they have the summer league banner yeah, up. Maybe. So they're asking for it, I guess. Man, that would see. Now I'd be rooting for the Celtics in the first in season tournament just to see. They would not want to put up the banner. I will, you know, no. I will give the Celtics that level of respect. They don't want that. They don't. Yeah, this, they, this is not what this organization's about. But would the NBA pressure them into doing it to yeah, give it legitimacy? That, it would be interesting if. I think there's a few teams. I don't think the Lakers would. I don't think the Celtics would. I don't think the Warriors would. But it'd be interesting to see what happens when Bulls, like right next to your six Jordan. Well, I think the Bulls would. I think the Bulls have had enough of a a time where, you know, they're celebrating those little successes like a sellout streak or things like that. Hey, Taylor Swift sold the building out 15 nights, man. Get a banner up there. Does she have a banner? She has a banner at Staples Center for that. Yeah, that's why I wonder if. I don't know if I'm putting the Lakers. The only one I'm certain that absolutely would not want to is the Celtics. I think the Lakers might be a little bit more like in no. line as a league partner. Maybe I, I doubt it though. But but I, I and it, the, we're way off. Topic, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how. Uh, I don't think we see that for a couple of years, but I I do think ultimately we see it. I do think ultimately the, the league gets their way there. Um, we start looking ahead. I, I, you know, I hate to jump like that, but I is is Boston. Well, I guess we should wait for to see how things shake out. But is Boston even your East favorite going into next season? That's well, that's a good question. Uh huh. I do think they'll be the best. I do. Th- do you think they were the best team in the Eastern Conference this year? I mean, if the Bucks were healthy, do you think? No. I think the Bucks might have been. It's close. I kind of think the, the Celtics were the best team. But it's not definitive. I'll say this. I'm definitely favoring the field over the Celtics. And actually, you know, if we're if we're looking to segue for a second, uh, if you remember at the beginning of the season, we did our picks. We did our award picks. Oh, yeah, the way yeah. we set this up is we're putting a bow on this season. Is we did NBA champion, Eastern Conference champion, Western Conference champion, all the individual awards. And we kind of did a bit of, all right, how many, how many teams right, or players yeah. – do you think you need to say where you're most likely to have the correct answer and whoever had the lowest bid named them? And if you're right, you're right. So we had nine categories. We got two of them correct. We did not do well. We need to have less confidence in ourselves. We can review these picks real quick. And if you want to yeah, hear do it. some foolish uh, you ideas, you can go back and listen to the old podcast. Thanks a lot podcast. for keeping these. Yes. So, well, so the, the final score was one-to-one. Uh, the one you got correct was sixth man of the year. You named several players. Tyler Hero is one of them. Uh, you named eight players. You got it. Uh, coach of the year, I got. I named 11 coaches, and one of them was Monty Williams. And then we can just go over some of the ones we got very wrong. Uh, I had the NBA champion. I had three picks. It was the Nets, Bucks, and Lakers. Whoops. Uh, the funny thing is, looking back now, we put the Lakers in there because we didn't trust anybody else out west. Yeah, yeah. The Lakers, I did think coming into the season – were like the most and I, the most extreme team I had seen maybe ever in terms of upside and downside. Yeah, uh, I didn't quite expect it to be this bad, but no. you could see the blow up potential with Russell Westbrook's fit. So in the East, these were 
the conference champions were both your picks. In the East, you had the Nets or Bucks, and that one came a little closer coming true. And in the West, you had the Lakers, Jazz, and Suns. And I'm going to brag just for a moment here, because I do remember this part of the conversation. We talked about the Warriors, and I didn't pick the Warriors, and neither did you. But I said the Warriors are a legitimate championship contender, and you poo-pooed it. And we can go back and listen to the tape. No, I, well, I, and, and you said, wow, you must really believe in Clay Thompson. I said, no, it's not even that. I don't need Pete Clay to come back. I, I believe in Steph and Draymond and, you know, the, this team's culture. And here we go. I, I will tell you, I went back and looked at the last power rankings I did last week of the season. The Warriors were eighth. Ooh. And all I said, you know, at that point I'm writing about playoff chances, championship odds. I'm like, and all I wrote was the theory of the Warriors is great. I don't believe that they're going to be – because remember, Curry had been injured still at the end of the season. Draymond had missed time. Like, I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to be healthy enough. I don't think they're going to pull this off. I was obviously wrong about that one too. I've, I've harped on this stat, and the thing that gave me the most confidence in the Warriors going into the season was how good they were last year when they didn't have James Wiseman and they didn't have Kelly Oubre on the court. It didn't matter who else was on the court. As long as those two guys who didn't fit in the slightest weren't on the court, the Warriors were awesome. And I really wonder what they're going to look like when Wiseman comes back because he was not a good fit. You see the talent. You see the athleticism. You can see the upside. You look at like what Robert Williams did, does for the Celtics, and say, wow, that could work in something like what the Warriors do. But that's so hypothetical, so far for uh, James Wiseman to go. I do wonder about that next I'm, year. I'm, I'm, I'm with you that I'm not sure Wiseman can be that guy. And uh, there is talk that he might play summer league. I'd be really curious to see how he looks. And so just to wrap up a, a couple of these other uh, award picks we had, I had MVP. I named six players, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry. Obviously, none of those were correct. And you said you wanted eight names, and you did have Jokic in yours. So you would have won that one if you had bid low enough. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, you also wanted the names I had. So it's it's tough. Defensive player of the year, we had a bunch of bigs. Rookie of the year, you know, we had the, the standard picks before the season of Jalen Green and Kate Cunningham. And obviously, Scotty Barnes uh, won that one in Toronto. I didn't see that one coming. I didn't think he – I thought he might be good someday. I did not think he was going to be that good that fast. And then for most improved player, uh, that was the last one. You missed that one. You had 10 names. I had 25 names I wanted to give. John Morant was one of them, yeah. but just not enough confidence there. So final score, one-to-one. We're going to have to do a rematch on that next year. Yeah, we should actually do that. And, and it, was a, it was a fun way to lean into the season as wrong as we were. We'll probably be horribly wrong next year. Um and who knows where we'll end up. I, I, we very well could end up right back here in Boston if, if, like I said, I think they've got to get some depth. But maybe the biggest thing for them is just Jason Tatum taking that next step, right? Like they, they, they you said it, he needs, and Jalen, but they need him to be, they need them to be the guys they weren't in this series. They, they couldn't consistently raise their level the way Steph did. One thing I wonder about this team going forward is the Celtics made such an interesting trade-off, making Marcus Smart their point guard when he had been more of a combo guard in previous years. And I do think that hurt the offense a little bit, but he stepped up. He did a good job, yeah. not a great job. The upside is you get tremendous defense. You get size at every position, no weak links. This is what a championship defense looks like, and you can only do that with Marcus Smart as the point guard. But it does cap your offensive ceiling. So do you want to swing the other way a little bit on that trade-off? Are you just going to kind of Marcus Smart to get better in that role? I don't know. Yeah. That's actually a really good question because there were points. And Al Horford, I guess, in some ways was their emotional leader. But there were points where I was like, is someone there going to um, calm them down, settle them? And, and Curry kind of does that instinctively. But 
somebody to be for to use a different team, someone to be their Chris Paul. Like, mm-hmm. all right, hey, we're not going to get crazy now. We're going to settle back into what we do. And they didn't do that. Maybe they learned from this, and that that's the lesson they take away. Or do you get a veteran? You know, you bring I don't know is Ricky Rubio that guy, but like bring in a veteran backup point guard who could do a little of that. Although Derek White, Derek somewhat. White did somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, it's not so much selling down, although that is part of it. I'm not disagreeing. But to me, the bigger issue is I'd like to have more movement, ball movement, player movement. Yeah. Um, not so much one-on-one stuff. And you can only do that if you have better passing than they do. Although, when their offense was clicking, the ball did move sure. better. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They, they, but they just, not as enough. we said, they, 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 not enough. And then when pressured, when stressed. And really, tired. And tired. I think they, tired was the big one. Yeah, they just stopped. They just they stopped. And the Warriors, I don't think this gets talked enough with Steph. Steph Curry might be as good or the best conditioned athlete oh, in yeah. the NBA right yeah. now. And his ability to move constantly and not really wear down is and not not have his shots really hit the front of the rim is, is insane. I do think Steph might be number one. Also in the running is Andrew Wiggins, right? I mean, these yeah. are two of the, the players in the best shape, tireless. Uh, Steph was after the game, I mean, still bursting with energy, yelling and talking and bouncing around from interview to interview, station to station, all, all the responsibilities he had as finals MVP as the star of this team and just so much energy in, in how he was going about it. And uh, we should talk a little about Andrew Wiggins. I, I, I think I don't know that there's been talk about him redeeming the narrative and all that. I I think part of this is what it shows is how much fit matters and how much role matters and how much he was taken from. Hey, he's just he wasn't built to be the number one guy, right? He wasn't built to be option number one. Here, where he was, hey, play good defense. You're option number. Well, he might have been two by the end of the series, but but in most days, three, four, like. He settled into that, and when they got the big offensive games from him, that was great, but they didn't need it every night like my, like Minnesota needed it. And in that sense, he found a home, and he seems just he seems more confident th- than he was. The part I found most interesting kind of, you know, during the long regular season we're looking at so many teams and keying in on the Warriors as they're advancing and advancing and advancing is how much they re- – <laughs> excuse me, how much they rely on Wiggins uh, – even though he is that third or fourth option, he brings the ball up court sometimes. He initiates the offense sometimes. I wonder if some of this is to placate his ego, but he's pretty good at it uh, to give Steph a little breather, right? I think that's one of those, as tireless as Steph is, All every star kind of has those in-game breathers where it's like, all right, this is a possession where they're not going to be involved. And a lot of times it's Wiggins running the offense there, uh, which is not always what you get from a complimentary player like he usually is. Like he does, he can't do that all the time. This is why the Timberwolves, one of the reasons the Timberwolves weren't good when he was in that role. Uh, but he can do it some. It's interesting how they they find that balance. Yeah, they did. Um, the Warriors did a great job of, of. Bob Myers does a really good job of just finding guys who fit. Yes, yeah. and and putting them into the system. Steve Kerr is obviously part of that too. So. Um, there's the Warriors could be back here next year again. You, you, we talked about how deep the East was. The West is stupid next year. The West is going to be a, a you know Memphis will be better. Um, Denver gets healthy. The I think the Mavericks will be better. The Clippers get healthy. All the way down to New Orleans could be interesting if 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 you want to bet on Zion. Like, but I mean, like if. 
that's just a whole lot of good players, and, and it's going to be a really interesting conference. Did you say Phoenix? I didn't know. How did I, I mean, Phoenix right. You said Denver, right? Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, there's just more that you can keep track of. It's uh, yeah. yeah, Phoenix is one of, I, I don't know what Utah is going to do, but Phoenix is one of my most Utah. interesting offseason teams just because if they move on from DeAndre, how do they replace that? And, how do, like, if you bring in an OG and an OB, it gets interesting. Like, how do you shift some of the responsibilities, but you could also be – even more versatile and athletic. It's going to be interesting to see what direction they end up going. Yeah, I mean, center is the easiest position to replace. Like, look how good this Mac Biombo or JaVale McGee looked at times there. Not as good as DeAndre Ayton, but you have to allocate that asset, that resource somewhere else. You can't just let him go to save the money and expect to be as good. No, exactly. And and, and I think it's fair to question whether he deserves the money he's about to get. Um, he, somebody's going to max or near max him, and it's – I think it's fair to ask in Aiton's case, or, or centers in general that aren't named Embiid or Jokic or Towns, if they're worth that in today's NBA. You could ask about Towns if you want, right, before he gets <laughs> a Supermax. I mean, like, yeah. you know, the Max, okay, the Supermax, uh, I don't know. You maybe D up a little bit more before uh, you get that. Yeah, I, they're, he's going to get the money, but they're going to need him to play better defense. And I, we're not turning this into a Minnesota Timberwolves future-looking podcast. So. <laughs> uh, we'll continue here. Um Dan, thanks for doing this. It's been a fun year, and uh, we've got, obviously, plenty coming up at in Pro Basketball Talk. You're talking draft next week on this podcast? That's the plan. That's the plan. Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. Kurt, you realize this is the first time we've watched a game together since 2019? Yes. I, it's funny. I was texting my wife today. I'm like, I haven't actually seen Dan in person at a game. or Was it all snow finals? Finals 2019. No, we didn't. All-Star. We didn't do any. Yeah, All Star Chicago, right? Right before. Uh, That's right. Right before the world ended, <laughs> or something like that. So it was good seeing you, man. It's been good seeing you in person, and and. Or yeah, no, I guess it would have been twenty twenty, right? All Star twenty twenty, two thousand nineteen, oh, two thousand twenty season, twenty twenty, yeah, twenty twenty All Star in frigid Chicago. Um, don't worry, next year it moves to baskingly warm Salt Lake City. Can't in wait. February. <laughs> Can't wait. We got to watch more games together. All right, absolutely. Dan, thanks for doing this. Uh, Everyone, we will be back next week. The podcast does not stop. Uh, NBA, there will be plenty of stuff coming up with uh, free agency and then uh, NBA Summer League as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta, because we know on one flight, Mike NHC prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, HC is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.